Hi everyone, I am Rémi Le Temple and I work as a senior research analyst for IDC Government Insights, where we track, we analyze everything which is happening in the public sector and the role of technology. Last year, we ran a survey where it appeared that the main purpose for European government's decision maker is simple, but it's not easy. It is to improve the citizen experience and the quality of life. Today, we will explore the main challenge of public CIOs and decision makers while trying to improve those elements, the citizen experience and the quality of life. This challenge is how to enable and to promote openness and data sharing while fighting cyber threats and gaining trust or regaining trust from citizens. I am glad today to have two experts around the table with me. The first one being Mick Levy. Hi, Mick. Hello. Hello, Remy. So you are an author of several books around data and you are above all a spokesperson. You have your own podcast, so I'm really lucky to have you today. Your podcast is called <laughs> Twinch Tech. <laughs> and uh, my second guest is Simon, or Simon, if you're an English speaker, Shinya. Hi, Simon. Hi, Remy. So you are a senior policy advisor and you are a lecturer at Sciences Po Paris. So I will give you the opportunity in two minutes to explain a bit what you're what you doing. So let's start with Mick. Mick, so how are you? How are things in Nantes? And can you tell us a bit about yourself more than I already did? Yeah, I'm in very good shape. The weather, the weather is nice in Nantes. <laughs> you know, it's in the west of France. So everything goes very good. I'm really glad to be here because I've been working uh, in data fields for something like 22 years now. Uh, I work for a company named Business and Decision, uh, which is uh, in the consulting and um, digital services sector in all Europe. We are part of uh, Orange Business. And uh, as you said, I help companies, I help organizations from private and public sectors uh, to manage their data and to make uh, the most of their data for the customers in the public sector and the private sector, of course, <laughs> and uh, for the citizens, uh, of course, in the public sector. I'm really fond of everything which is uh, around uh, data. That's why I, I wrote a book uh, named Sortez vos données du frigo. Sorry, it's only in French. <laughs> To, to show how to manage and to get the most of uh, data to create value. And also, as you said, I, I host uh, with two friends uh, a podcast in French. Also, sorry for English speakers here, uh, which name is French Tech and which aims to uh, enlighten all the societal impacts of technologies uh, that are around us, of course. So really, really glad to talk with you tomorrow, to, to today about all those, uh, all those questions. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mick. So let's move on with uh, Simon. So Simon, how are you? And before starting, can you tell us a bit about Etalab, where you previously worked, and what are your current activities? Yes, Remy. First, uh, thanks for, for having me today on your podcast. So I spent several years uh, actually working for the French government as a senior policy advisor to a small team called Etalab. Etalab is the French prime minister task force on data. And we, the 
data lab is still uh, working actually on data. Uh, we used to work on open data, artificial intelligence, and everything data policy for the sector in France. I am now working freelance for different public and private organizations in Europe uh, with a strong focus on Germany, Spain, and the UK. Okay, thank you. Thank you for this introduction. Uh, let's move on with the, the first question regarding data. So when we asked governments, like I said last year, uh, only 22% of them have established uh, data sharing collaborations between the public sector and the private sector for the public interest. So my first question would be for Mick. Mick, where, where are we when it comes to data sharing in France? Uh, do you see some differences between what we can expect from the public and private sector? Yeah, uh, thank you for, for, for that question. That figure is really a shame because we know that we can create a lot of value with data, data sharing. And spe specifically for the public sector, it will be very important uh, to have that sharing, which could be very efficient to create new services, for example. But maybe before talking specifically about data sharing, we need to talk about the importance of data and the value of their exploitation in general. I think that everyone now understands why data is so important and the value that it can deliver. No public service could work today without data. I think everyone had that fact in mind. But, you know, look, look, for example, we can take an example to understand that. Look at how Ukraine showed us how critical data is. Uh, in only a few weeks, at the very beginning of the war, the country migrates all the governmental ministers and public data in the cloud to keep it safe. It could sound like an anecdote, but it means a lot about the value of data for the survival of the country, for the survival and the good executions of all the operations, all, this, all the services of, of the country. And what we can say now, what we find out is that the public sector has a, has a, um, is not really in the good course <laughs> about, about, about data because as you mentioned, at the end of last year, we carried out an observatory of data maturity. This study was made by Business and Decision, Orange Business, companies in which I work, with you, IDC. <laughs> so together, we asked questions to hundreds of publics and private organizations in France to have an estimation of their maturity and advancement in data fields. And we found out that public sector organizations are lagging far behind the private sectors in terms of their data maturity. To give you just a figure, in the private sector, 45% of companies have a strong or very strong data maturity. And in the public sector, only 16% of organizations are at this level of maturity. So public sector must really make progress in all the dimensions of uh, the data strategy and must begin with I think acculturation, in my mind, acculturation means a deep change of culture. The organization must consider data as a precious raw material to enhance the political decision-making and to improve all the public services. Uh, thank you, Mick. And Simon, what are your you views on, on that? Are you, 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 you're more a field person that uh, Mick and I are. So what do you think when you are speaking with different decision-makers in the public sector? Do, do you see that 
they are really late when they compare to, to the private sector. I, I, I'm going to have a slightly different uh, point of view than I make actually on that. I, I fully agree that there is still a lot to do, but uh, what I see in this recent years is a slight change. Maybe not as fast as would all like and, and hope, but a slight change in terms of data mindset. Uh, one big asset, I think, in France is uh, open data. If we have a look at the recently published EU Open Data Maturity Report, uh, a report published by the European Commission, and, and France ranked first for the second year in a row. Uh, and just to give you a figure, uh, the open data portal data.group.fr actually attracts every month more than 1% of the total population. I know when I say 1% of the total population, it can seem uh, a little, a very little, but that's actually the best score in Europe, right? Uh, and and um, for instance, if we have a look at Ukraine or, or other leaders in Europe, uh, Spain, and there are much more uh, people coming to the French uh, data.big.fr platform than uh, anywhere in Europe. So uh, now the question for us in France is, what can we build on top of that? Because we all agree on the fact that some data can't be open because they are sensitive or due to privacy issues. Still, uh, national and local governments should be able to exchange uh, data between administration, right? And that's already the case, and that's not totally uh, not totally new idea. See, for instance, a once-only principle at the EU level. But I think we should aim for more data sharing and more data circulation between administration if we want to have not only a reactive administration but also a proactive one. You're, you're, you're right, Simon. I think we are we are facing a real paradox in the public sector. The public sector has been very pioneering on uh, on several things, like you said, on open data. Uh, it's it's a real uh, it's a real success, and also uh, we can uh, uh, we can underline the fact that uh, the public sector has been the first to name uh, a chief data officer at the at the head of the state and at the head of the of the data management things for all the for all the states. Uh, you know, in France, Henri Verdier has been the first administrator général de données, the first chief data officer in the world. Uh, and uh, it was uh, for many organizations really before uh, that uh, person, chief data officer were appointed uh, in the private sector. So there are several successes, but now we have to, to change uh, the mindset, as you said, uh, to, uh, to, to accelerate on, uh, on data value and by data sharing. Yeah, I fully agree uh, with you on, on that, Mick. The fact is, with the paradox, one of the change, yeah, with the paradox and the situation, the fact is one way to change uh, the mindset of uh, top decision maker was to make them understand that data should be seen as a critical infrastructure. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to build a new uh, high-speed line uh, for your train or a new uh, highways or new road, you know that it's going to take time and, and, and you're going to have to invest 
And, and we needed to make sure that everyone understand that data is a new critical infrastructure. We need to provide, for instance, a company register online. Uh, we need to make sure that this data is freely available and that we can, we can provide these data sets with a strong uh, service level agreement, for instance. That's right. Uh, what you, what you said, Mika, about the fact that um, European organization and governments they were the first one to have CDOs. We we work with some of them, and they constantly remind us that governments are not only data providers or data users, but they are also they have a role of regulator, a role of operator, the a role of enabler. So yeah, it's really important to to remind that when he, when we speak about critical data. Uh, critical data managed by public organization are really uh, different from what can be managed by private ones if we if we don't uh, involve the financial institution and the healthcare. So we, we spoke about the fact that there is a need for cultural change and actually the European strategy for data is willing to create data spaces essentially to foster data sharing and scale it to the to the next level. Uh, Simon, I believe that you recently met many people in Europe to talk about data strategy. You also wrote guidance around data sharing. So based on the lessons you and your colleagues learned in France and in Europe, um, what do you think, what are the practical or practical actions that need to be implemented to execute on that vision of data spaces? And is there only data spaces in, the, in this data strategy? There is a growing interest in France and in Europe for new data governance models, such as data intermediaries, data spaces, or data altruism organization. Well, in short, everything that goes beyond open data. In my opinion, in order to succeed, we need at least four or maybe five things, five different things. The first one, we need a legal and regulatory framework. And thanks uh, to the EU Commission, uh, and to, to the EU institution, we have a new regulatory framework, for instance, uh, think about the Data Governance Act or the Data Act, and this new concept of B2G data sharing or data spaces and so on. But we also need, and that's the second point, we need a clear guidance on how to practically implement this framework. Uh, from my point of view, that's quite um, easy to write a new law. Uh, that has been part of my job for a few years. But that's really, really a different uh, thing to make sure that uh, this new law is implemented, in fact. Well, from law to code, there is a lot to do. And third, uh, that's the reason why we need also a series of tools. Uh, platforms, API, data standards to turn these principles into reality. And when I say we need a series of tools, that means also that we need uh, internal competencies in administration, in public administration. That's not uh, a small uh, point. And last but not least, what we need is a clear governance. Who takes part? Who decides on what basis? And from my point of view, and based on my experience, that last point, that question of governance, is the most difficult one. Because in every domain, in every sector, uh, there is a different governance. Uh, and I'm not speaking uh, specifically about data governance, but more broadly about governance. For instance, if you have a look at the energy sector, there are uh, different actors. If you have a look at the cultural sector, that's also different. 
And, and the same goes for, for instance, for education or for uh, justice. But uh, when you are a national government, and even if you are a local government official, you don't only focus on education or justice or energy or whatever you can think about, but you have to manage all of that at the same time. And that's the reason why we see uh, such uh, a strong interest for data spaces, but not only sectoral data spaces, but maybe more uh, horizontal one, and it's still in progress, but we could achieve that maybe starting at the local level before moving on to the national one. I totally agree with Simon about the governance points. Uh, we, we, and, and he's right, we can see the same effect and the same difficulties in the private sector. I, I think uh, governments and um, what is done around infrastructures with data spaces has to be thought uh, like an, an enabler. And I think governments must take that position to act as an innovation enabler and to make the conditions um, to, to enable innovation, to enable the sector to organize itself to deliver the, the, the value. But it's quite difficult governance and data governance is quite difficult in the public sector specifically because, you know, there is the tragedy of the silos <laughs> that tragedy is a weak is a weak word uh, to to say what is what is happening uh, when you work in the uh, for a social minister uh, for for example i have a project in france with a social minister and we will need uh, to consolidate more than a hundred something like a hundred and fifty uh, uh, data uh, sources coming from different partners of the ministers, something like more than a hundred of partners, a hundred of organizations which need to consolidate their data, to share their data together, to have a global view of the projects that, that we need to, to achieve. So that tragedy of, of the silos is very, very hard, a uh, very hard point. Um, and it's, it's been more complicated because of uh, political things, uh, because uh, on the decision making in the public sector is linked uh, to uh, politics. So it's very, very hard to have a, a, a good rhythm, a good pace of uh, innovation due to that tragedy of the silos and to that uh, political decision. Yeah, and the the other thing which is related to the thing that in governments everything related to the politics is the fact that no one wants to be the one who has sold uh, the information of, from coming from citizens. Uh, so there, there is the, the the first blocker is the the fear of losing the control over the data um, and to know who uses it, how is it used. So. What's your opinion on building this common framework to help build confidence, to gain trust from citizens, from everyone? Is it feasible at the French and the European level? Can we conclude that podcast with something positive around that? <laughs> yes, maybe we can take inspiration of countries who achieved that. Uh, I'm thinking about Estonia. Uh, in Estonia, they have, a, they have a data sharing at the scale of the country. They have a unique infrastructure and uh, an IT system for all the country. 
uh, in Estonia or in, uh, the government or a public uh, organization never ask two times a citizen for an information. <laughs> Something that sounds uh, magical in France. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, uh, and each citizen keeps uh, the control of his data thanks to that system. So they were able to, 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 to make a framework, to make a, a technical system, uh, to share the data, to have a good fluidity of, of data, we could say. We can also uh, think of uh, what uh, France is doing uh, in the health uh, sector uh, with the, um, its a health space uh, to, to have all the data of uh, a citizen of the health data of a citizen in the same space, in the same environment, and the citizen can choose uh, to share that data with a doctor uh, or with an analyst or I don't know who, but everyone keeps the control and the data is shared. And of course, the question of selling data is totally out of the box. It's not, it's, it's really not the question. It's uh, obvious that uh, most data uh, must not be sold must, uh, to, 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 to private sector or other. It's really very, very important to, to, to keep the control. Uh, maybe last point for me, we could take inspiration of a concept uh, which is very trendy in the data fields, which is data mesh. Data mesh is a framework dedicated uh, to organize data at a large scale. It allows a distributed and federated approach of data management. And it's really great for public organizations which need to share data while keeping control of it. So it takes into account competencies, organization, project methodologies, and of course, technologies after architecture. So it's a very good concept, uh, which is uh, uh, being adopted by many, many organizations in the public and private sector. And maybe if you want to know more about that concept, you can download a, a white paper about it, uh, which is with Spider-Man <laughs> on our blog, which is blog.businessdecision.com. Well, for sure, we need to, to build trust, but uh, building trust, it takes time. We, we know that it takes a lot of discussion. And, and when it comes to public and private sector organization, uh, we need time because we need a clear mutual understanding of interest. Uh, we don't always have the same interest when it comes to collaboration between public and private sector organizations. And even more when we focus on citizens. Uh, the fact is citizens sometimes don't really trust uh, organizations. Uh, of course, we can think about Facebook or Google or, or every big organization, but that's also the case when it comes to local or national governments. We don't always uh, trust our governments to manage our personal data. Uh, on that, uh, I think, and I am a big fan of the approach based on digital rights, as of in fact that citizens, uh, we need uh, to, to, to provide citizens with uh, a lot of uh, commitments to make uh, a clear and understandable um, use of data. Uh, to me, the concept of transparency is key. Uh, the concept of accountability is also key. If we want uh, people and if we want citizens to trust uh, the way we can use their data. 
Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you for that for that answer and for finishing with the with the notion of transparency and accountability because those are maybe the main two topics when it comes to data sharing and to data in the in the public services. Uh, well, thank you really much, very much to to both of you for answering those questions, for giving us insights of what's happening in the public sector all around Europe. If you want to, to learn more, don't hesitate to, to reach out to us directly, uh, to, to have a view on our website if you want to learn more about data transparency and data sharing in public services. Uh, well, Mick, thank you so much. And thank you very Simon. much. It was really a pleasure to talk with you to, today. Me too, thank you, Simon. It was really, really nice to, to have you on board. And thank you. I hope you had a great time. I, I did. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope we will have the chance to, to, talk, uh, to talk again in a uh, in few times. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye.